Amen. Well, I want to deliver a message uh, I've entitled, uh, The Fulfilled Mother. The Fulfilled Mother. Before I do that, today's often a day when uh, men will give, uh, and, 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 and kids will give cards to our mothers, and uh, maybe make a meal, maybe grill one, maybe out to the restaurant, uh, all these kind of things. Maybe a little gift, right? They, the ladies like gift. Ladies, uh, moms, are you opposed to gifts? And say, that's it, no more. I have too many. And I've never heard anyone, any mother say that. So it's, it's like, it's like I've, I've asked in, in a lot of pre-marriage counseling and then even counseling, has your husband or fiancé ever said, do you remember this, Mary, I love you too much? Like, if you say that one more time, I'm sick of hearing that. And if you say it, I've never, no, oh, oh, oh no, she says, oh, oh, oh no. I think gift-giving is like that too, man. You've you got to get tuned in. And guys, we usually think big, don't we? Boats, cars, the, you know, like, it, it, but I, I'll, it's the steady stream of often the little ones. Now, ladies, you're not opposed to big ones, right? But I mean, but it's the stream of the little ones, just the word of the wise. I saw this in Reader's Digest. I read this a number of years ago. Uh, here's some tips, guys, on what not to buy your wife, Okay. Not, don't buy your wife. Uh, what not to buy your wife? The gentleman wrote Reader's Digest a couple years ago. Although the only person a man usually shops for is his wife, and the whole experience is rather stressful, he writes, many a man has felt extreme frigid temperatures for, long, for a long period based on a poor present decision. That's a gift decision. As a veteran of these wars, this author writes, I'm not sure what to buy my wife, but I'll pass on to you what not to buy. All right, take notes, guys. Get this out. Forget the sermon notes. Take this down. Remember rule one, happy wife, happy? There you go. What's rule two? Repeat one. That's it. It's not hard. It's simple. Someone said if it's not the 11th commandment, it probably should be. <laughs> Lord, forgive me for that, but okay. <laughs> Here's number one. Don't buy anything that plugs in. How about that? <laughs> Anything that requires electricity is seen as, uh, no, don't do that. Number two, don't buy clothing that involves, involves sizes. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, this is what he says. Take it, right? Write, write that down. Chances are one in 7,000 that you'll get her size right. Your wife will be offended the other 6,999 times. She'll say, do I look like a size 20? Too small a size doesn't cut it either. I haven't worn that size six in 20 years. Forget it, guys. I don't even know what those size numbers mean. At least to a guy, right? 34 is 34. You can measure it, right? I don't know what that means. Anyway, number three, avoid all things useful. Write that down. Avoid all things useful. The new silver-polished advertisers save hundreds of hours will not win you any brownie points. And believe me, you need them. All right? Don't do that. Number four, don't buy anything that involves weight loss or self-improvement. Forget it. Forget it. She'll perceive a six-month membership to a diet center suggestion that she's overweight, and you can't talk yourself out of it. Forget it. Number five, don't buy jewelry. Now, that may surprise you. Don't buy jewelry. Here's the reason why. He says, the jewelry your wife wants, you can't afford. <laughs> And the jewelry you can't afford, she doesn't want. All right? There's, that's number five. Number six. And guys, do not fall into the traditional trap of buying her frilly underwear. Write that down. Your idea of the kind of, wife, of the kind your wife should wear and what she actually wears are light years apart. <laughs> Reader's Digest. That's not me. It's a, and finally, number seven. Don't spend too much. How do you think we're going to afford that, she'll ask, but don't spend too little. She won't say anything, but she'll think, is that all I'm worth? Ooh, so that's, oh, you figure that one out. I don't know. I'll tell you. All right. Humorous stories told of a mother of three who notor with notoriously unruly, undisciplined, seemingly children. She was asked whether or not she'd have children if she had it to do all over again. She smiled very pleasantly and said yes, uh, and then she added, certainly I would, but not the same ones. Oh. <laughs> not bad, huh? 
And the great preacher G. Campbell Morgan, oh, someday we'll hear him in heaven, right? He had four sons. They all became ministers. And the story is told at a family reunion, a friend asked one of the sons, which Morgan is the greatest preacher? And with his eyes beaming with great delight, the son looked over at his father and he said, why mother? (laughs) For the godly mother has her own little congregation. That's her children. Don't minimize that. The, teach, the story is told of a teacher who gave her class of second graders a lesson on the magnet. Maybe you remember that, the little magnet and what it does. Uh, the, the next day, in a written test, she included this question. Here's the quote. My, my full name has six letters. The first one is M. I pick up things. What am I? Well, when the test papers came were turned in, the teacher was astonished to find that almost 50% of her students answered the question with the word, mother. And they got it right. Not magnet, mother. Oh, my. Oh, boy. Well, then the psychologists, we've got to get them in here, right? No one deserves a special day all to herself more than today's mom. There was a cartoon that showed a psychologist talking to his patient. He said, let's see, Um, let's see if I got this right. You spend 50% of your energy on your job, 50% of your energy on your children, and 50% on your husband. Mm, I think I see the problem. (laughs) Not bad. Not not bad at all. Well, the the fulfilled mother, right? Well, how often we say it, right? A man's work is from sun to sun, but a mother's work, a woman's work is never done. Isn't that true? I'm watching the news, and Faith is doing like five things. I get tired watching her multitask. I'm not a multitasker, are you? Any guys multitaskers here? I like to do one thing and do it right. Tex? You do all right? Is that right, Adrian? He does. Well, you cook good. You and you guys did so good yesterday. Aaron? I th- oh, do you? I thought you had a question. <laughs> you have a good mama. I know that. All right. All right. Well, so, uh, the fulfilled mother. Take your Bible. Let's look at Sa- uh, Psalm 128. We're going to just lift off of a part of a verse here. Sometimes uh, when we count our assets... Uh, we may f- uh, forget to include w- probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, apart from the Lord Jesus, the greatest one. I mean, we, we add up our dollars and we add up all the stuff and all the stuff we accumulate, and, and, uh, but we may miss the, miss the gold, really, really miss the gold. Mothers are God's treasure for us. They're a treasure. They're priceless. You can't buy a mother. Go down to Boscov. They don't sell mothers down there. I go to Bonton. They don't have them there either. You can't buy them. They're priceless. You're, not the, you're irreplaceable. You are. You are. Today's Mother's Day, and we're honoring our mothers, and to honor means to, to highly prize. Highly prize. Thank you, moms, for living for us. You are worth far more than earthly treasure. You're not perfect. We're not perfect, but we love you because you loved us, Mom. And you're beautiful. You are beautiful in our eyes. You are. Well, there are many voices today that call, are calling wives and mothers to find their meaning and satisfaction in the wrong places. Most of the voices that, that I hear calling out are calling women to fulfill themselves and be fulfilled in not the right places and not the right avenues. It is only God's wonderful word that will point you to the path of fulfillment. So in your latter years, if you should so live in the Lord Terry, you should uh, uh, relax and enjoy and say from your heart, thank you, Lord. You took a sinful woman and you saved me and bit by bit grew me in grace and gave me the strength to be the woman and then to do the many activities of of wife and mother that uh, you desired me to do. Thank you, Lord. It's satisfying. 
You can give yourself to a lot of other things uh, that will not satisfy. And, uh, but the Lord has direction for us in this. And hence for all of us, some of you are single. Some of you are mamas without children. But we all, here's the thing, we all have moms, every one of us. And whether they're in heaven now and we can still thank the Lord for them and we can say, Lord, give a message to, to dear mom in glory. I trust that she was saved and, and is in heaven. And some things get through. We know that from the Word. Well, let's look at uh, Psalm 128. 127 and 128 are, are, are commonly called the family psalms. And uh, verse 3 is all we're going to look at. One, Psalm 120, verse 3. Um, well, let's read 1, 2, but 3 will be our focus. 128, verse 1. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in His ways. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. And here's the focus. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Well, there are three descriptions from this little portion of this verse, verse 3, of the fulfilled wife and mother calling all of us to sing her praises, for she is a rare beauty to behold. She's an American beauty, a rare beauty, um, and, and so on. So, well, what's the first description? Verse 3 tells us the deeply satisfied wife and mother is called a vine. She is a vine. I see I meant on my copy, I made a mistake down in the content. I put, she's a wine. <laughs> that doesn't mean wino or something. But a vine starts with a V. She's a vine. Well, this comes from this hearth and home psalm, and you should know that God considers the family to be very, very, very important in a world, in a day, in a culture that discounts it. Family is high on God's list of what is important, and it's so should it be in ours. Family is the oldest institution of God when he created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Long before the church, long before government that would come in in Genesis 9, and, uh, and family was the first institution. In fact, in the Old Testament, if you study that well, you'll discover that a lot of Judaism and the old practice of worship in the Old Testament was very family-centered. From Passover, that wasn't, Passover was a family thing. Uh, even today, uh, families will, uh, Jewish families will celebrate Passover as a family. Now, they'll go to synagogue, but very family in its orientation. Family is highly important to God. It's the cell and the foundation block of any society. Blessed is a church that has godly families and is growing up godly families. You are indispensable, ladies. You're indispensable, moms. And God, the deeply satisfied woman here, is called the vine. Now, God could have used a hundred different uh, similes. Uh, to compare, but he chose the word vine. Hey, it seems like an odd description to us today. I mean, a vine, we get a vine growing up the side of our chimney or house, I whack the thing down, right? The stuff grows all over our stuff, foundational shrubs, and, uh, you know, it's a weedy thing, right? Well, that's not the kind of vine that uh, he's talking about. A vine in Bible times had tremendous value and significance. A vine was, uh, what, and I have the quote on your, on your sheet, it symbolized luxuriousness, value, prosperity. It was something highly desirable. It was worthwhile. A vine, that's what God says you are, ladies. A vine. Well, God used it, one, to describe the promised land when he was talking to uh, the Israelites, the children, in Deuteronomy 8, verses 7 and 8. He's uh, saying what... The land is the land of milk and honey. And he goes on to describe, it's a land with many vines. They weren't weeds that were crawling over the place. They were beautiful, luxurious vines that had all kinds of fruit and nourishment on them. It was something desirable. 
Uh, God called Israel in Jeremiah 2.21, you are my vine. Jesus used in John 15, verses 1 and 5, Jesus used the vine to describe himself. I am the vine, you are the branches. So, it's, so though in, in our day it sounds strange, we get the, well, what does it mean? Oh, I'm starting to see. This is something highly prized and very valuable. In fact, the Lord would say in one of his I am passages that he is the vine himself. Yeah, really, you might say it's the ultimate compliment. To a man whose wife and mother in the home is a vine. That Jesus would use that same parallel many, many years later after Psalm 128 was written. Ladies, this word vine underscores your strategic role. You need to accept the fact that God has made you a vine and has given you an all-important, all-important ministry to your husbands, and to your children. If you have no children, then to your husbands. uh, But if you are married and have children, grant to your children. And, you know, the Bible, your your grandchildren, great-grandchildren, are your children, too. It, it, It uses that expression, even with sonship. Only you can fulfill this, Mom. In some ways, God is telling you that you are to your family what Christ is to the church. He never said that about a man, you're the vine. He said it about himself, and he said it about you ladies who are wives and mothers. You are to the church. What is Christ to the church? You are the vine. Uh, I am the vine. You are the branches. What? He is the the source of our life. You know, without the regeneration of the Spirit of God through the death of Christ the Lord— we would not have life, the abundant life that's in Christ. That's what you are. You're the life-giving. You, we flow from Eve, the mother of all living, the life-giver. Sustenance and sustaining, not only in the very earliest of years. You know, It's amazing how God gave the woman's body to nourish for suckling the little one. It's the perfect. They're finding out now that, wait a minute, that's the perfect substance to nurse a little, little baby. And then the years growing up and all of that, mom the cook, and like, like that in many homes. Some of the great chefs are men, I realize that, but so many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, at least that's my story. I grew up on them extra thick with plenty of jelly. Thank you, mom. And I sometimes in that day, and I know Camp Hill does, it's very unusual, that they release the kids to go home for lunch. I trotted home a block and a half, had my tomato soup and my peanut butter and jelly sandwich that my mother made. Wow, you are, you are that. You are that parallel. Though the years might mark your body, your beauty, and the Lord only grows greater, Mom, only greater. You're a vine. Did you know that? You're a vine. You're but more than that. Look, the psalmist goes on in this hearth and home psalm in verse 3 to tell us a second description of this fulfilled wife and mother calling all of us to sing her praises, right? Number two, the deeply satisfied wife and mother is fruitful. The psalmist says she's not only a vine, but she's fruitful. She's fruitful. Sometimes, you know, uh, vines never benefit anyone or anything. So, sometimes vines are like that. You know, they look good. You ever notice some people like that, some ladies like that, some mothers like that, some wives? They look good. Absolutely hardly any benefit to anyone else. It shouldn't be that way. The family is all important. That's your ministry. Of useless vines look good, but they never bear fruit. Useless vines take up space, right? They suck up nutrients from the soil, but uh, never give much fruit if all no fruit. A, the deeply satisfied woman is a woman who's fruitful. Well, A, in the beginning God created Adam and Eve, and Eve to stand side by side with her man, not under her feet. He was not to trample on her, but not over his head. She was not to rule over him. But before the fall, they were side by side vice regents. I love it. In the account Genesis, God's looking at this 
hunk of a man, right? He's rippling eight-pack and muscular. Adam, right? Handsome, dark hair, not thinning, good biceps, eating an apple. God said, good, 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 all the way through. And then he looks at him, standing by himself, says, what? No good, right? (laughs) Not good. Yeah, that's it. Not good. So he builds for him uh, a woman to be a helpmeet. A helper, a helper, perfect, a help me. That's the old King James. Perfectly suited for him at his side, side by side. She would fulfill a role in his life he could not fulfill as husband. And, uh, and he would fulfill a role she couldn't. And they stood there, and God gave them the command to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, and equally rule over the earth. At that point, before the fall, uh, that's what was given in Genesis 1.28. And we know of that. And together, too, they made a very able team to accomplish by God's strength His purpose. She was a suitable helper, a team. Team, I don't know if you ever, most of us have played on some team, one team or another, but that's a great way to think of, a, of, of your marriage. It is a team. And it's a, it's a marvel to watch a husband and wife who love the Lord, who bend the knee to Him and serve Him, and then lean on each other and fulfill their God-given role in life. It's a beautiful thing. It's a great thing. It's a team. It's a team of two. Three's a crowd. No mothers, no mother-in-law. They have their place and their part, and we love them for it. It's, it's husband and wife. No girlfriend or something on the side. No pornography or junk this way. No, no boyfriends, no this or that. The two of them building a life together, experiencing the blessed life of someone. It's a beauty to behold. It's, it's a team. It's beautiful by God's design. It is, will be. When we ask, well, what do we mean by fruitful vine? She's a vine, but she's more than a vine. She's fruitful. What's the nature of this fruit? Well, I believe he's speaking, and I quote uh, Wayne Mack, who's excellent studies in this area. Uh, my old friend, uh, acquaintance Wayne, Dr. Mack, he wrote, and I have his quote, he, he's speaking primarily of the fruit of the Spirit. I think he's right. It's that Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Mom, God desires your life to be filled to overflowing with, and I've listed them. Look at the, blessed are the children whose mother is walking with the Lord and gets her cues and her heart warmed daily and is filled to overflowing with what? Here it is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. What a that's a that's a picture of a beautiful mother and a beautiful wife. Is it not? That's a that's a kind of woman a man will come running home to every day. It may be tough out there. You may get beat up, but he'll say I'm going home. I'm going to be with my best friend and lover. And if God has given you children, that's what'll get a man coming home fast. I mean, that's 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 true of me. I mean, what a what a beauty to behold. When you bear fruit, others see the power and the glory of God manifested in your life. It's beautiful. It's attractive. It is. You see, um, it, it's. Uh, it's so different from so many. It's spirit-filled. You can't do it. You say, well, I'm going to work on these. Forget it. You just have to uh, seek after the Lord and walk with Him in the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit will produce this in you. Otherwise, in the give and the take and the press of the schedule and responsibilities and all that, now I'm not saying you should maybe sort some of those things out from time to time and get reoriented again. We all need to do that, sort of take the less important things out so you can do really what God has called you to do. Uh, but without the Spirit of God doing this, it, you know, you can be living life in the crazy lane. Crazy. 
you know, and have no patience and no time for husband. And if you have children, your kids, and be screaming and yelling, and this would be like a mad woman, like our Mrs. Mrs. M. I won't tell you it was our next door neighbor. Oh, she used to terrify me, you know. And and, and you, it's easy. It's the Spirit of God who produces this fruit in your life. It's His fruit, and it's beautiful. And here's the thing. You must be more concerned with being than doing. That's very important. You know, the list is, is endless. It's endless, right, ladies? Endless. That's, uh, you know, it's the Martha thing. Doing, doing, doing. Got to do this. Got to, I got I got a lot. I got to, got to, got to, got to, got to, you know. You got to be first. You have to be the woman that God desires you to be. And only he daily can recharge your batteries. To love that hunk of a man of yours who sometimes gets under your skin. And to love those kids who are not little demons, but sometimes you may end up thinking they are. They're driving me insane. Mommy, 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 mommy. Oh, please, answer that child. You know, we're all going crazy here, right? It's only the Lord that can give you strength. Only the Lord. Only Him. And He'll produce that fruit in your life. You must be before you do and all the good stuff you do. Wow. Your impact, number one, for God and your helpfulness to others depends upon the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's all important. Your life from your character outward. It'll affect your attitude your character grow. I'm saying grow in the things to be like Christ. These fruitful things represent Jesus. Wow. That's beautiful. That's what you need. In fact, let's look at look at Peter's verse in 1 Peter uh, chapter uh, 5. Uh, Peter talks about the, uh, the beautiful behavior uh, uh, and godliness of a, of, a, of a wife who has a husband who is uh, unsaved. My mother used to take note of this because my dad was not saved during those years. Uh, did I say the right... Did I do the right face? I didn't, did I? What was that, Tanya? Oh, three. I'm sorry. Three, one to five. Yeah. For look, look at what he says here about the character and the heart of this godly woman. Uh, who is uh, uh, bearing fruit. Wives, in the same way, he's referring to the example of the Lord Jesus right before that. In the same way, be submissive to your husband so that if any of them do not believe the word, that means they're not saved, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. How's that, Peter? Well, when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come, and it's the idea of merely from outward adornment. We appreciate that, don't we, guys, when our wives comb their hair and, and a little bit of this and that. We, we do, and they smell so nice and all that. But if you think that's the sum total, you've missed it. That's just the wrapping on the package. I like that, and they look pretty in a big bow in that. But there's something far more important. That's what he's talking about. Your beauty should not merely come from outward adornment, braided hair, wearing of gold jewelry, fine clothes. Instead, the priority it should be your inner self. That's your character, your heart. The unfading beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is uh, of great worth in God's sight. For in this way, the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. It was a beauty treatment, right? They were submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called her, him her master. Curios, Lord, you are her daughters, or you're like her if you do what is right and not give way to fears. And he goes on to talk about the husbands. It's the godly character within. That's where it all generates from. It all generates from that. That's where it's won or lost there. It's won or lost right there. Let me say about something about that. 
You know, a lot of times, uh, you know, a, a woman will look to find a man and, and believe that God has given her a man and that uh, he'll meet all her joys and fulfilling life. I have sad news for you. that It does not work that way. It does not work that way. Oh, there will be joys and there will be satisfaction and, and companionship. There will be also tears and heartbreak and sorrows. There will be. But ladies, do not put upon your men something that God has never designed them to fulfill. They cannot do that. I mean, even when it's at the very, very best, you say, man, it's good, right? There's still a longing and a nagging there can be in your heart for much, much more. You see, that part is only filled by the Lord. And, that, and He is to be your all in all. He is, even as Faithy mentioned about her dear mama. Uh, as, uh, as she lived uh, five years or so after Pop and reminded me, and I've told you that before, oh, Mom, I told her as she was struggling in her final months, having lived five years by herself, we often wondered how she was going to do that. Pop did everything for her, and she lay there in her weakened state and rebuked me. And as much as she loved me, she said, oh, Terry, she said, the love of my, I love Bud. He was, he, he was my husband for 50, 60 years, whatever it was. But she said, oh, no, the love of my life has been the Lord Jesus. He has given me a song. You know that? And she had it right. And I, as soon as I heard that, I went, oh, that's right. I was rebuked. And ladies, that's the secret. So you can be married to the till of the hun, a wretched guy. None of you are. Look, and they're all handsome and sharp and you can be married to Count Dracula, but if you love the Lord with all your heart, you can respond to him in a way that only Christ will allow you through the fruit of the Spirit. And with that, such joy and contentment in your heart. And if he is lost, it will seem so beautiful to him over the months and maybe years, and it will draw him to repentance and faith in Jesus. That's what Peter's saying. Your godly behavior. That's what it's all about. So don't, don't come to him when you get married and plug into him and say, well, you, now you're going to meet all my needs and fill all my days with sunshine. I got news for you. Not. He is not going to do that. He is going to fail a whole lot. Amen, guys? Amen. All right, six of us. We all, we have. <laughs> we have. I, I admit that. Confession is good, right? Uh, look at number two, Proverbs 31, as Janice mentioned earlier, uh, verses 10 to 30, is probably the best passage in all the Bible revealing what really what it means to be fruitful. You think about uh, this fruitful vine. Um, she, uh, Proverbs 31, you should know, in the Hebrew is written uh, as an acrostic. Well, what in the world is that? It's simply, it's a poetic device where every verse begins with the next consecutive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So it would be like verse 10 would start with Aleph, the Hebrew word uh, letter A, and the next one would be Beth or B, C, D, all the way through the Hebrew alphabet. And it's like God by the Spirit causing the writer to write, saying, this is a beautiful woman from A to Z. I mean, she's got the complete package. She is bearing fruit everywhere. Her husband adores her. Her children rise up and bless her. She makes an incredible contribution in the community and, and beyond. This is beauty from A to Z is what he's saying. Notice A, she's a, in, in Proverbs 31, she is a God-centered person. I mean, she is a woman who fears the Lord. That's what we have down in, in, uh, in verse 30. Proverbs 31, verse 30. We're not going to... You don't have time to exhaust this, but charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. I mean, God is her reverence. God is the reason she lives and moves. She, she loves, she draws her strength from Him. And even in widowhood, she realizes that God, you know, God's Word says He is a husband to the widows. He cares for them, and He does. And it's true whether we're single Men, this is true, Not that God is to be our all in all. This is just not only for the ladies and for the mothers. It's 
for all of us. He's to be our all in all. We're to love Him with all our heart and our soul and our strength and seek Him. And if we'll do that, He'll change us. And we'll not be what we were. We'll be new creations in Christ. And, and uh, it's satisfying. Oh, it's so satisfying. To love the Lord. Oh, aren't you glad you're a Christian? Oh, my. Oh, my. He is her strength. He's everything to her. Her strength, her hope, her counselor, and aid. She finds her deepest satisfaction in the Lord. Uh, the secret of uh, her her fruitfulness is not, and let me give you a list, it's not her dynamic personality, it's not her strong will, it's not her physical beauty, it's not her pleasant situation in life, it's not her unusual resources, not her good training, it's not her natural gifts, or her exceptional husband. I had to get that in. <laughs> her fruitfulness, the Proverbs 31 woman, is, is stems from her vital and deep relationship with the Lord Jesus. It is the spring of living water, and she drinks daily and deeply there, and therefore doesn't kill us or kill the kids, but is the grace of God and sweetness to them, when otherwise my in the flesh could grab them by the throat. I know that. That's a testimony there back when. <laughs> Confession is good. Amen. Amen. Well, apart from him, her life is frustrating, weary, despairing, and even can be depressing. Fruitful. Well, a vine. But more than a vine, a fruitful vine. And finally, the third description of the fulfilled wife and mother calling us to sing her praises in our, in our verse 128, verse 3. The deeply satisfied wife and mother is a family-oriented person. Where the text says, within your house talking to the men, the heads of the family. Your wife will be a fruitful vine within your house. Well, Proverbs 31 emphasizes that she is utterly devoted to her family, and here it is, not as number one in her life, no, that's the Lord, but as her number one ministry. It's her family. It's her man if she's married. It's her, it's her family. Now, in a day that denigrates the family, it says, ah, what's the family? Let's reinvent the family, you know, and let's throw the old model out and all that craziness because we've lost sight of God in His Word, in His place, and we're stumbling into deeper darkness. And God is absolutely clear here. A family-oriented person is this woman who is satisfied. So he's saying, you want to be deeply satisfied? We think, well, there's gold and then thar hills there. And we go wandering around doing all this, looking for it. And, and there may be some benefit in that. Never forget, the real gold is hearth and home. It is. At the end of the day, it is. It is. A, look at A. Look at her husband in this, in this Proverbs 31. Her husband is blessed as he leans upon her for help. He has full confidence in her, verse 11 of Psalm 30, Proverbs 31. Full confidence. She, why? Because she's dependable. He leans on her. He shares his fears. He shares his dreams, his joys, his problems with her. He counts on her honesty and her prayer support. Honey, pray for me with this. I've got a busy day. I don't know about this. I may have this problem or that. And, and so he shares that. And, and men, your wives want you to share that kind of stuff. Sometimes we feel like we're macho Jim, you know, like I'm carrying the weight on the world. And, you know, we fall over dead at, you know, 42 with heart attacks because we never shared with our wives what God designed them to help us carry. And, and so they want to know. Now, maybe not every nitty-gritty thing. You know, I know that. So, but they want to know your, your, your issues, your dreams, your vision, your, these things. And God has designed it. You need help. She knows you need help. Sometimes you don't think you do. That's where the problems come in. But she's a blessed help to him. She is, look at one, she's a fountain to, to whom he may look for refreshment. You're a fountain, wife, wife and mother. He values you more than any other woman in all the world. 
You know, you compare yourself with those glossy ladies' magazines that come in. You go, I don't look like her. Or this one. He could care less about that. You're too hard on yourself. He thinks you're the cat's meow. You're more valuable than any. That's what the Proverbs 31 says. He rises up and blesses you. She enriches and excites his life. She adds so many dimensions. I can't tell you some, the, the men, the number of men whose wives, a few times, usually the men die first, uh, but uh, the men, I have a number of men in tears because they were always out conquering the world and they weren't the men to their wives that they should have been. And uh, they have regrets about that. I've even, some of the men went on trips that they had promised their wife, but the wife got sick and then gradually died. And, and the guy went, I remember he went to Hawaii. I, I said, why are you going? Aren't you happy? No, he said, well, I was supposed to do this with my wife five years ago. I promised her. And, and sometimes we're absent, you know. Sometimes we got our eye on the donut hole rather than the donut, you know. And I mean, that's, that's true. I know how we are, guys. Uh, she is... She adds excitement and fullness, enrichment and dimensions to your life. Think how boring your life would be. I'd never want to live with a bunch of guys. That'd be horrible, right? I did that a couple years in the dorm. I was ready to get married and, and have something beautiful to look at. Seeing men like that is scary, believe me. I go to the Y. I mean, it's scary seeing some of those guys down at the Y. I go like, oh, holy cow. I, my wife adds so much to my life. And the, and the man, the godly man, values her more than any other woman. She has not neglected him or her family with pursuing her own interest. Different from the message that we hear today, right? As she may work outside the home, and, and many wives do today, with the stresses and strains of, of trying to cover the financial bases. But here it is, she is never confused as to her number one priority in life. Her man and her family, if God has given her children, he's number one. He and they are number one. Even though she may give periods of time uh, outside the home, she is not confused by that. Very different message than the world. Make sure you get your direction from God here on this. Uh, she, uh, she takes excellent care of her family, of her man. She's a husband-oriented woman, and, and no wonder he's so blessed. B, her children are blessed by her. They rise up and bless her in verse 28a. Uh, they're not children uh, at this point. I mean, they're not young children. And here's the thing with that. You know, uh, who was it that said that? Uh, Mary, you said it so well, that when you're... When, and don't be confused, Mom. You're not your kids' buddies when they're in these ages. They, they need a firm hand in authority. And, uh, and as uh, you do your job, and God gives grace and growth, and when they grow up, there'll come a point in time when they will be uh, your, uh, your, some of your dearest and if not best friends. I mean that. I really mean that. Uh, Sarah sent Faithy the most beautiful Mother's Day card yesterday, and Sarah is so prolific and, and descriptive in her writing. And to that end, I was saying that uh, I felt a little slighted because I, uh, uh, I was third. It was Greg, number one. But, Mom, you're my best friend. And even Dad's a little bit back, a little bit. But that's the way it is, you know. And uh, it's so grip faith that she was crying with that. How beautiful I thought that was. But not when you're in the trenches, all right? Okay, I'll buy you off. A lot of parents will do it. Don't do that. Don't give up. They're counting on you. They'll know how many times. I'm counting to three. Quit that. Just say it once. Teach them that. One whack. You got it. Oh, we changed the rule here. <laughs> Whoa. You know, they need a firm hand. And when they get here, oh, my, the fruit will be mature and ripe, and you'll bless the Lord, and you'll say, Lord, you did it. I didn't do it. The Lord did it. Wow. They blessed. Well, what is it? One, they're impressed with your godliness revealed in your character and then your conduct. Uh, she, uh, this Proverbs 31, refuses to allow the opinions that minimize the family to infect her. 
which we see everywhere, here in the media, the university campuses, women's studies, and all of that is, is really from the pit, so much of that. And I, let me remind you that the children would not rise up and bless if you, through the years, were grumpy, moody, bitter, manipulative, and all that nonsense, right? They wouldn't say, oh, let me tell you about mom. Oh, they'll have a few things to say, but it's not what these kids are saying as they rise up and bless mom. Well, Proverbs 31 tells what? Here's a summary. She's unselfish. She's generous and caring. She's disciplined. She rises early and cares for her family. She's contented. Oh, people looking for contentment today. Here's the contented wife. The contented wife, mother, the contented woman. She's confident. She's strong. I say she's strong. Her arms are strong, it says in the account. She's hopeful, encouraging. She's kind. She's wise. She speaks with wisdom. She's a real beauty. She's utterly fulfilled as a person. She enjoys what she is doing. Wow, that is rare today. But it's by God's design and purpose. And when you fit in and do what God designed you to do, that's all of us, men, whether single or married, all of us, ladies, whether single or married, and or have children or grandchildren or kids, as we do what God designed us to do, there is a contentment and a deep satisfaction. So when you lay down at night, you go, Lord, thank you for Christ. All is well. And if you should take me, you know, that old prayer, and now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my, 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 my soul to keep. But if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And you'd say, Lord, take me. I'm ready to go. Wouldn't heaven be great? Mm, that's rare, though. That's rare. Well, no wonder she is a powerful influence in her home, among God's people, and in the community. Oh, my God tells us the reward, the faithful, diligent, and kindness of, to reward a diligent and kind, uh, faithful woman. Honoring a woman at the gate, Proverbs 31, was not commonly done, but an unusual woman like this called for unusual recognition. And I stand up and, and praise God and honor the Lord for, for faithy and men. We ought to do that for our wives and as we think about our mothers, and some of them are in heaven, we ought to say, Lord, thank you so much. And if you have little ones, and we're talking to the women, and June will talk to the men, but uh, little girls, raise them, pray that someday they're going to have a family all their own. And to see your influence carry on through them, if God should allow in, in his timetable, what a blessing. That's the fulfilled mother. She's a vine. But more than that, she's a fruitful vine. But more than that, she's a fruitful vine within her house. She sees that God is number one, but her number one ministry is her husband and her family. Wow. Well, lessons for her life, number one. For moms, in fact, for all of you, for you to become satisfied and contented in life, you must first be saved. There's the gospel message. You must come to know Christ must realize that you're a sinner lost under judgment, and that's the reason Christ came, to die, to, to, to pay the price for your sin. You could never pay it. And to receive him as Savior. You must do that. That's, the, that's step number one. Number two, remember, your deepest satisfaction and fulfillment comes only from a close walk with the Lord. That's for you, Mom. That's for every one of us. Every one of us, but especially for you today, Mom, because of Mother's Day. Your satisfaction is not in advanced degrees. It's not becoming the CEO. These things may or may not have value in their place. But it's, it, is, uh, it comes from a close daily walk with the Lord Jesus. Number three. Remember that. Number three. Mom, your number one ministry in life is your family. 
Give yourself to your husband. If you're married, give yourself to him. And children. Give yourself. That's your priority. It's real simple. It's not rocket science. And some of you have been married and divorced, and some of you are remarried. Where you are right now is what you need to be majoring on. Every one of you. Give yourself. Okay? Number four. Never minimize your influence, for it will reach far beyond your home. The hand that rocks the cradle rocks the world. Never minimize it. Never minimize it. I see it in our, my own daughter's life, not to over, over, overdo Sarah, but her life is filled with babies, diapers, diarrhea, medicine, you know, and Greg is gone for long hours working, and, uh, and if he works all night, he's sleeping during the day, and she says, I just want to talk to an adult, please, you know. And she's highly trained and highly skilled, but she is pouring herself into those babies, and someday if the Lord tarries and they live, and, and uh, there will be a ripple effect. It's like throwing stones into the pond. I talked to my mother for oh, well over an hour last night and told her how much I loved her and how much I remember about this and that and how it really helped form me. It's like throwing a rock into a pond, and the ripple effect is great. It's great. And do you know that most of the time when at times of ecstasy happen, like I score a touchdown, what do they do? Hi, Mom! <laughs> I, I, I feel bad. I never saw anybody say, Hi, hey, Dad! Hey, hey Dad! Yeah. No. And even I've seen at times and saw with Faithy's own mother when she was in the final uh, days of her leukemia before heaven in delirium, she would go into delirium, and in the delirium she'd be calling, Mama! Mama, mama, moms never, never minimize your important role. I know, I, I know the media and, and other downplay. Never believe that. That's from the pit. You're shaping and forming wet cement, and they are going to have an incredible impact on others. They are. Number five and last. Ladies, find the strength you need the need to be and to do what you need to do in the Lord. Find your strength in Him. It's, uh, you know, have a good diet, you know, work out. Those are good things. But the strength you really need to live with that guy who's not always, shall we say, he's not always wonderful. Sometimes, guys, we're, we are less than wonderful if you're married. And the kids, you know, to keep you from killing them, you know, you need your strength in the Lord, and God will give that to you. That's the fulfilled mother. Praise God. Happy Mother's Day. Let's stand and be dismissed. Father.